Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. From the Adult Swim headquarters at William Street in fashionable Midtown Atlanta, I'm Matt Harrigan with the Adult Swim podcast. Today, Adult Swim Vice President of Programming, Kim Manning, is here talking with me about what life is like programming this network. Here we go. It's Kim Shortcore. Yeah. Kimberly Lane. Kimberly Lane. Kimberly Elaine. That's yeah. what my mom calls me when she's mad. Kimberly Elaine. Yeah. Put out those cigarettes. I smell them. <laughs> do you smoke? Uh, y- yeah. You do smoke. I do, but yeah. I'm kind of a secret smoker. Do you smoke at work? Um, not usually. I have. Do you ever smoke inside the building here? Inside the building? Yeah. Not in many, many years. But yes. But yes, there was a time. <laughs> Seems like a real anachronism. I thought that's why that we moved over here. Because Lazo wanted, wanted to smoke in the building. <laughs> and so we would all stand by that window and smoke. Could you know. could you light up right now and just walk around smoking? That would be that so that was cool. Two th- that was like 2004 or something. 2002? I don't know. It was not 1975. That would be the ultimate... Um, cool thing to do now to smoke inside the office and just, just walk not and say, fuck you yeah you got exactly a problem with it? That's yeah punk i i would have lied about smoking not so long ago but now that's exactly what i do is i just flip people off if they because i it's because nobody likes a smoker but i don't care i have to say that i think that i tend to gravitate towards people who at least smoked for a while something about their self-destruction <laughs> uh, makes them appealing. I think that I like smoke. I think I started smoking because you can go to the corner if you're at a social event. It's a reason event. to hide. Yes. And I have a little bit of social anxiety. And so being able to stand in the corner with other people who might not be the biggest fans of being in the center of the party. Um, so that's not- where all the good people were. In the in the fringes. In the fringes. So yeah. it's not self destruction. It's actually self. You smoke to preserve yourself. Uh, well, no. I also started smoking because John Constantine smoked in the comics that, that? I was reading. It's uh, uh, <clears throat> it's um, I I read comic books and it was always cool to smoke in comic books, and so in the ones that I read, I guess Superman doesn't do that, but. I don't. I, I wasn't a fan of Superman. So you're an example of somebody who was influenced to smoke by seeing it in children's <laughs> media. Wow. What? A, there's an irony in there somewhere. Maybe. You're vice president of programming. I am. Yeah. What does and, that mean? Give us your. Give us an explanation of what uh, that means. It means. Um, I think a lot of it is is uh, is strategy. But and and what time things are coming on and what platforms they go out on. But it's also 
thinking about the flow of of the the block trying to make sure that i don't know it's what you see when you turn on the television but um cahill described my job as as making the ultimate mixtape wow (laughs) and i think that that's that's very accurate what do you watch on tv uh right now um i'm really into what we do in the shadows um and uh I think you should leave by Tim Robinson on Netflix. Yeah. And those feel like adult swim shows. They do. Um, Yeah, it's, they do. They feel very, very much like they fit right in in a way that I haven't seen things pop up that I feel like would fit right in. How how do shows come to your eyes? Like how does a show come to your eyes and you participate in the decision of, should it be on TV? Um, I mean, I go to some conventions where you meet with different people who have things to show you. I think a lot of it, a lot of what I pick up is anime and I just have those connections because I've been doing it for so long. So they'll regularly send us things. There's also not really another, um, at least another television network that does anime right now. So, um, or at least anime for adults. There's no other adult anime on television? Not really. Why does no one do that? Um, I think it's a niche thing still. Um, I think action shows are harder to show than, than comedy, at least for us. Cause when we do an action show, once people have seen it, it doesn't replay the way people will watch comedy over and over and over again. They don't do that with action shows. So you'll go to an anime convention and you'll be chased down by people with animes they want to put on TV. Yeah, and then you get to watch them and and try to f- decide which ones fit in and and I don't make those decisions all by myself. Um Jason and Gil definitely have a have a voice in that too. Um but uh but yeah, that's what we do. Um we we uh try to keep track of what's coming out and and figure out which ones um fit in. What animes do you like? Um I feel put on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Classic animes. I do. Uh, I like. Um, You're on the spot. Yeah. Um, You're good in Perfect Hair Forever. That was an anime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it counts, yeah. but I was. Do they that show that really in Japan? Fun. They should. They should. Yeah. I can't. I can't get them. You should go to one of those conventions and say, and turn the tables on them and say, listen. I got something for you. I'm the star of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't realize you're talking to a celebrity. Walk me through your day. Like, what's, what's your day today after you leave here? We're at William Street. Yeah, we're at William Street. You're in Street. Midtown Atlanta, Adult Swim headquarters. You walk out of this room, and what happens to you today? So I will, um, I'll go back to my office. I have a lot of, um, I have to, uh, We've been rearranging the June schedule, and so I've got to get that settled and sent out. What precipitates a schedule rearrangement? Uh, I mean, we watch the ratings as they come in daily. I try not to be too reactionary to yeah. ratings, but um, but uh, that definitely has an impact. And and then so we- if you see something that there's a hole in the schedule, something falls through a hole, the ratings mm-hmm. are so bad, no one's watching it. Yeah. You can change it. Immediately. Mm-hmm. But you try not to because you don't want to be knee-jerk. 
Yeah, and I think that that's not very cool to the audience to like for the people that are watching it to jerk it off mid run. So, um, and sometimes it takes time for people to find things and time for things to build. So you have to sort of sit with that uncomfortable feeling of whether yeah. <laughs> you have to trust your gut a yeah. little bit. Have right? you had uh, successes in, in those in certain shows where you gave them time and people came around to them? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, I guess Family yeah. Guy was a good example. Yeah, Family Guy is a great example. Um, that the way that that built was huge, and when we picked it up, it wasn't. Um, it was a forgotten show. You know, we yeah. were begged to take it. So, um, and I think we believed in it. And but yeah, you have to to put it up. It was a risk because it was it was um, a little. Um, I think we had to persuade people that it was um, okay to put on a kid's network. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just know that something fits or, or something doesn't. And I'm not going to like every show we put on the air, um, but they all have a certain sensibility that you can sort of, I don't know, pull from them that makes it feel like they fit here. Okay. So, you will go reshuffle the schedule. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Is that an hour? Is that all day? Uh, it's an ongoing debate that's been going on for days uh -huh. where we'll move some things and sort of make sure that we're not, because as we move things, it can make, um, it can cause issues for sales or for, you know, there's, uh, so we've been sort of going through a process of trying to make sure that, we're doing it right because when we do it, we don't like to um, flip things around too much. Um, so um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll probably spend an hour working on that. And then um, I will um, I've, I try to watch um, scripts, uh, read scripts not and, and watch animatics and stuff as they come in so I can keep up with what what's in development and um and so i'll probably spend some time doing that while i eat my lunch and then um i will have a million emails with a million questions about can we do this or can we do that um or when is this going to premiere or um so i'll spend a long time answering questions <laughs> in email People just ask you questions all day <laughs> that does yeah what do you think a big, um, the big significant programming moves were for this company? Family Guy, maybe. And then what do you think are some landmarks? I mean, Rick and Morty is Yeah, is the huge. most recent. Yeah, the most recent, I think, where, I mean, we have lots of shows that have performed really well and, and are, are great shows and, and always pull an audience and, and um, have tons of fans. Robot Chicken and Aqua Teen and Squidbillies are shows that I can put them anywhere and, and people um, people will watch them. Um, and but, um, but Rick and Morty is on a whole nother level where there's awareness of that show. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a hit. It's a huge hit. How, and, do you, how, do you know, how did you know when it was a hit? How did you personally realize um i think just um 
when did it cross over for me? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess you start to see it all over the place. People quoting it on social media. Yeah. And I mean, I think as that build built, um, but I, I can't, I can't remember a moment where, I mean, the honestly, just watching the ratings as the season two episodes aired um, and watching those builds, um, it, I could tell it was, it was going to be a great show. I can't remember the moment where I was like, whoa, this is, <laughs> this is a hit. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I, I do think like when we talk to like we, the research will go out and talk to people. And they'll talk about Rick and Morty and won't even realize it's an adult swim. What do they show. say? They don't realize it's adult swim. <laughs> they, but they, they have an awareness of Rick and Morty as its own thing, right? That's that's a that's a hit that's run that you know, like that's a big big deal. The sh- the shows that we make and and what what we do here does has felt like a secret that people find, right? The sort of thing that you yeah. can get in on. And, and so to have a show like Rick and Morty, that's not a secret. Um, I think there's a, there's something special that I feel like is, is, is harder to touch right now in that, that I miss from, cause I'm, I'm in my forties now I'm old, but like that was go, was finding things and feeling like they belonged to you. Yeah. And then right? you see other people having them, other like Hulu or yeah. whoever else. Yeah, yeah. It's not your special thing anymore, right? And um, and that's and yeah. So losing that sense of 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 secret discovery, it's important um, that we have huge hits. And I think there's tons of stuff that we make that you can still discover. I mean, we still make shows that are only to air at 4 a.m. because we just love the idea that if you turn on the television at 4 a.m., you stumble into something super bizarre, yeah. which I think was your idea, Matt. But, yeah, I, I think that's that's we have tons of things for people to discover. The website, I mean, you, the way that you can dive into adultswim.com, you know. But um, I think it it's it's always a surprise. I mean, you we love everything we make, right? Almost. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. We pretend we do. No, we I, make we make some serious you feel mistakes. Like, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> we also make some some really great stuff yeah. that makes me really happy. Uh, to everybody, you know, something for everyone. Something for everyone. Yeah, it's like a variety <laughs> store. What creators? show creators do you admire that have come through here because you've seen it all of them yeah i mean there are people that are really fun to work with right um like the first person that pops into my mind is christy caracas because he's just got this insane energy and he's such a great animator and um it's it's amazing to talk to him (laughs) like just uh um I, i mean i think um Watching um, Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim come in originally and, and, and their like path since then. And um, I, I adore them and admire them a lot. Um, Do you look at, I mean, you've been here, you're most of your professional career. Yes. Are there other companies that you think you would uh, admire or covet jobs at other places? I mean, there are other networks that I, that I love. Um, 
uh, I don't know. Th- this place is special <laughs> <laughs> because it's uh, we're in this so humongous <laughs> corporation and it doesn't feel like a corporation when I come into work. You know, I mean, not that there's not tons of stuff that I have to do that is um, I've got tons of paperwork and, you know, but um, but it it feels like um, it feels I don't know, homier. <laughs> Does it feel the same as it felt at the beginning? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but in, I, in in many many ways, it does not. Because when we first, when I first got here, it felt very punk. I guess <laughs> it oh. was because no, there was no pressure, and we could do whatever we wanted to to do. Sort of, you know, the 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 there there was more room to play, and now there's a lot of pressure on us because we. Um, we make a lot of money and so for the company and, and so trying to maintain that for the company. is hard, <laughs> <laughs> not personally, <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so it's changed a lot in, in, in that there's more stress and less room to, to play in some ways. And I mean, I don't have to. I I don't I just like the talking to the people around here. Yeah, you like the people you work with. Yeah, and I I don't have to wear a suit to work. I mean, I don't know. I guess yeah. nobody does anymore. But some people push it a little bit. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some tank tops on men. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, casual yeah. Fridays. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like I could come in in my pajamas and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. And um, and and I have, I think I have done that before. So you're um, have you ever gotten in big trouble here? Have you ever done anything that got you in trouble? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you tell us what it is? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit it. Uh, or or a dumbest. What's a dumb mistake that you made? Maybe. Maybe I'm just going to say something very innocent. <laughs> like when I, when I first started, I didn't know anything because my job before this job, um, I had worked at a comic book store while I was work while I was in college. And I, um, and I was a manager there and I had started an anime DVD rental service and it was what was sort of keeping the shop going at the time and I loved that job um because it was just talking to weird people all day and reading all the comics I wanted to read <laughs> <laughs> and I, like not like now <laughs> there was so yeah there were um it, and uh and I'd write an I wrote a newsletter like here's the anime that came out that you should pay attention to and whatever um I didn't I had never worked in a corporate environment before and I was the assistant to um, to 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 Mike Lazo, but I was also as, assistant to a woman um, who was a high powered executive. More than like Lazo was kind of silly compared. Like he didn't he didn't need me to schedule his meetings or get things set up perfectly in a conference room or stuff like that. And so um, I. Uh, she told me to order her a new Blackberry and I was super confused about what that was because <laughs> I'd never heard of one before. And, um, 
And uh, I think I asked some real dumb questions trying to figure out what she might want without. Um, yeah. And then. But like showing, I also, your hand, showing your cards. <laughs> yeah. I also, <laughs> what did you ask? Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. No, I, 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 I thought she meant fruit. I, <laughs> but I couldn't. Anyway, I don't remember. I just this remember feeling real dumb. <laughs> and then, and then I, um, I, I remember I was trying, like I was supposed to make coffee, and I didn't understand how the coffee machine worked. And it had, it was wired to the water, and I poured water through <laughs> through the vents in the top, which you, you're not supposed to do. I'm <laughs> sure I broke it. Sure did that. But yeah, I had a problem apparently with asking questions. I was like, I can do this. <laughs> I wouldn't say, excuse me, can somebody show me how to do this? But oh, that's, man. yeah. Anyway, um, so I made some dumb mistakes then. Um, nobody nobody cared. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, what else? I, I mean, I've made plenty of dumb mistakes. People, uh, a couple times, people have talked about this network as a peculiarity of the South. Where are you from? I'm from the South. Yeah. Whereabouts? I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> so. So it's a uh, Atlanta's kind of a mashup, right? Yeah, it is, and I mean, my family is from like I'm from Atlanta, but I, um, my family is pretty, pretty Southern. <laughs> And I grew up with a garden in the backyard and, and, um, and a lot like, uh, my grandfather owned a, a service station slash furniture store that he, um, that was full of just totally bizarre stuff hanging up everywhere. There was like a, the, cause he would go to the train, the unclaimed freight, I think is what it was called, where things had, um, not been claimed from a train and just buy stuff and bring it into the store. Wow. So like uh storage wars, but with trains. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. You would and, do that? Yeah. So there was like, cool. uh, he also, so there was a, there was a witch that would hang on the wall and you'd pull the string and it would laugh at you for about five minutes and then it'd spit this long stream of water at your face. Wow. There you got a, that from a train car? Yeah. There was a, <laughs> there was a jackalope that was pretty amazing. Um, I don't know. You know what else he would do is he would, um, he always had those, those things that you, you turn them right side up and they moo. You know? Yeah. Those little cow cans. The cow cans. Yeah. And, um, he also would, um, he'd, he'd make a, he had, he had stashed Cokes in the wall and then plastered over them lightly. So like that the, he the could say, Cokes? no. So he could say, do you want a Coke? And then punch a hole in the wall and get a <laughs> get a coke out, just so that it would because it would because wow. it was such a bizarre thing to do. Um, <laughs> and he was not like he was so fascinating to me. I don't think he he was just sort of off in his own world at all times. And and um uh so um and and he also had a big uh a, a big garden and farm I'm that afraid, he kept. I'm afraid to ask where is he now um he passed away in i think 1992 oh. but yeah 
And then, um, on the, yeah, but all like we always had fresh vegetables. Everybody was a gardener. And then there's all the dark, weird Southern stuff too, <laughs> you know, like the, the Southern Gothic. I have a little bit of Southern Gothic history too. You do? But yeah, but I think that, um, what's like an example of your Southern Gothic history? Um, well, my, um, my, my mom, um, had, uh, had six siblings, but only four of them lived to adulthood. And, and one of them had a really high fever when she was young. And so she was sort of permanently, um, uh, uh, impaired mentally. And so, um, and, and she would babysit for us a lot. (laughs) And, um, she, she, she was really, she's the most fun, but also, um, it was interesting. (laughs) And she, she witnessed her, um, her, her, she was the oldest. And so she witnessed her siblings deaths when they were young. One of them fell into a wash tub and drowned a wash tub. Yeah. And one of them, um, there was a delivery truck in the driveway and, um, they would put a brick underneath it to keep it from rolling. And the the boy was five or six and he pulled the brick out from under the delivery truck. Oh my gosh. This is Southern Gothic. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I was very aware of those stories. I would hear them a lot <laughs> when oh I was growing gosh. up. Oh my gosh. Those are so, horrifying. And I think, um, but I think despite having all that darkness, I think sometimes when things are super dark, things are extra beautiful too, you know, like the, the contrast. And so, um, I remember my mom wanted me to move into my grandmother's house after she passed away because they needed somebody to take care of it. And we went over there and it was, a it was a mess. And I was like, I can't, I can't move in here. And we walked through and there were, there were lots of, um, indicators of, of that, that times had been rough. Right. And I'm not going to go into what they all were and but we're walking through this house and my mom my mom can't see see those things like and uh what do you mean she can't see them well she doesn't look at the things she doesn't see the details she doesn't see the things that are bad she would be like give us an example just give us (laughs) give us one thing that was bad um i I mean when we first walked in there was um okay there was a a dog that died. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. There was a dog that had died and, um, and it had a rope tied around its neck and it was the saddest thing I've ever seen. And it was, it, it had been there so long. You couldn't smell, uh, the death smell anymore. Right. And, and I said, Oh my God, what happened was, does this dog belong to someone? And my mom said, look at the rose bush behind the dog. <laughs> and she told me this story about how she, when she was really young, it was her parents' anniversary and she had ordered a dozen roses for them and they had sent 13 roses. And um, so and she got a, a, a whipping for having done that because they had to pay for them and they were really upset. And so she went outside with the road, they threw the roses away and she went outside and stuck them in a straight row up against the front of the house. And 
one of them, I guess the 13th one, <laughs> took root and grew into this gorgeous rose bush. And so she does not look at the dog. She tells me the story about the rose bush. And so I was like, we should, we should rescue that. We should try to dig it up. And so we went over to, to try to, to see if we could take it with us somehow. And it, the roots had grown into the house <laughs> and cause it was right outside the kitchen window. And so it was, there was no way to detach it without, it was rooted to that house anyway. So that's an example. Wow. So that that thirteenth rose, which sounds in itself like a like a uh, Tesla song or something. I know, I know. Did you move in? Like, there's beauty in the darkness. Yeah, that's what that's all I'm trying to say. But yeah, no, I heard. So I heard. (laughs) So it's like moving on. I heard that you. I mean, I heard Cahill. I heard the last one of these. I heard um one of these things podcasts that Cahill described it, or maybe it was. It was Dave Hughes mm-hmm. described this place as outside art, feeling like outside art. Yes. And I have a real, I'm definitely drawn to outside art. The idea of of making your own path and not following convention, right? Yes. Just you make something beautiful the way that you want to make it beautiful. And, and, um, and I think that that was a really brilliant way to describe this place because because when we're at our best and and certainly how we started that's what it feels like to me and well you have been shepherding it for 17 years Mm -hmm. so you're responsible for that (laughs) (laughs) who are who are your kate bush i'll say it's probably one right who are your heroes in real life um who do you follow on twitter that you like (laughs) (laughs) i like jimmy carter a lot no, I, I admire his humility and his uh, how much public service he does. Um, Do you have you ever seen him? Yeah, I went to I went to 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 watch his Sunday school class one one time, um, which was really cool. Um, how do you get to do that? You just show up. You have to get there a little early, and there and but it's in Plains, Georgia. Do you sit on the floor? No, there's, there's seating. And, um, so you have to, so you get there, I don't know. I don't remember how early, I think we had to get there at 7am or something. And then you stand in line and, and, but the people in line are excited to meet him too. And so it's usually pretty, it's a pretty interesting time in line. Do you get to meet him? And then, yeah, you get to, I mean, you get to hear him speak and he's right there. He's very close. And then, um, because it's a church. I mean, it's an old church. It's not big. And then um, afterwards, um, everybody he stays and everybody can take a picture with him and Rosalind. And he'll stay. Did and you take do a that? Picture with everybody. Yeah, I did. Oh, neat. Yeah. Was he nice? Were they nice? Um, yeah, he's he's totally nice. Did he give an Do you remember what he talked about? Did you tune out? <laughs> yeah, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I don't really care what he has to say. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, uh, but if I if I sit, sit and think about it for a while, maybe I will. <laughs> I should have just made something up. Um, so, the importance of service <laughs> yeah, in American life. Exactly. Uh, I actually, I think he was talking about how divided we are in this current political climate, mm-hmm. and the the 
the importance of meeting in the middle um, and listening to each other. I think that was a piece of it. Who I don't know anything about Kate Bush. Explain to me who Kate Bush is um, and why you're so enthusiastic <laughs> about Kate Bush. So Kate Bush is a is a um, a British pop singer from like the 70s and 80s i guess is when she was really popular she sang that song running up that hill that made it to be popular here but i think she's more popular in europe and australia than she is here um and um she is just really unafraid of being completely bizarre all of her videos are uh her voice is is um is is an acquired taste i think to, to lots of people um and uh but i think i think it's pretty awesome how she is just puts herself out there and uh she all of her stuff is is bizarre artistic in a way that sort of makes me laugh and sort of just puts me in a state of awe. And so, um, so I, I don't know. And she, and she writes good lyrics. And so I was a fan. And so you went to the park. <laughs> and so, well, what happened is I, I saw, um, uh, I was copying. I saw someone, I saw an old viral video of some people that got together and recreated one of her videos. And it was so silly and it looked like so much fun. And so I thought, um, I started just sort of saying to people, we should do that here. And more people than I expected. It was sort of a joke when I started to say it, but more people than I thought were going to be excited about it. We're excited about it. And so, yeah, we got about, uh, I think there were 70 of us that danced, but there were over a hundred people in the park, um, dressed up in flowy red dresses and doing this really, um, melodramatic dance about, being a ghost and uh missing your lover <laughs> it was a, it's a it's weathering heights based on the story from weathering heights and um and you can watch this on youtube yeah it's on youtube and dave bonowitz filmed it for us it just sort of was like a very silly thing to do and very joyous thing to do and it was very very fun so people thought it was a joke and you were serious and that's maybe why you're the a VP of programming, right? For <laughs> for uh, uh, Adult Swim, because you hear things all day long that sounds like jokes, but people are serious about it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Like trying to you joke around and then you try to figure out which things. Yeah, well, actually, are actually worth pulling into the world. All right, Kim Manning. Thanks, thanks for being on the Adult Swim podcast. Yeah, that's totally fun. Thanks. Music from this episode is a song called Mr. Major, as performed by Acid Dad on Fish Center Live. You can watch their performance of this on Adult Swim's YouTube page. Be sure to visit adultfilm.com slash podcast for links to some of the things Kim and I were just talking about. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Dave Bonowitz for editing this podcast and to Christina Loringer for her help. And thank you for listening. 